going to be talking under the theme, a fight to the finish. A fight to the finish. The word of the Lord reads like this in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You, you may stay seated. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckle around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, and we pray in the spirit on all occasions with all prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert always, keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I so that I will fearless, fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The title, A Fight to the Finish. When Paul writes, Paul wrote 13 letters of the New Testament, 75% of the New Testament. He writes from a foundation that can never be shaken, which is Jesus Christ. He writes and proclaims this good news from a foundation that cannot be compromised, that cannot be wavered. It's a solid foundation, which is the foundation of Jesus Christ. I feel God's presence in here. I'm telling you, I don't know what God is going to do in somebody's life this morning. Jesus wants your foundation to be this firm. Take your foundation and make your foundation firm in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Paul is writing to the Ephesians this morning, to the church. He's guarded on the Romans. He's in prison and he's writing this letter. He has a knowledge of the Romans because he was a Roman citizen. He has this knowledge of the Romans which he comes up with this powerful illustration of the armor of God. In Acts 23, we see that Paul was in prison. You know, Paul's been, he's been abused, in prison, locked up, mistreated many times. And in one of those times, he's in prison, and Acts 23 says that the Jewish people plotted to murder him. 
and his nephew brought him word. He said, they said, Paul, when you come out tomorrow morning, they're going to murder you. He says, this is what you're going to do. He spoke to his nephew. He says, you're going to go down and see the generals, the Roman generals, and you're going to tell them this news. When the, Romans gen when the Roman generals hear this news, they execute two centurions to guard Paul. Each centurion had a cohort of about 80 to 100 men. Two centurions, about 100 to 200 men to guard Paul. Praise the Lord. The Roman centurion was a commander of the Roman army. He was either chosen by the Senate, chosen by the emperor, or chosen by his fellow comrades. That was the only way you can get such qualification with, with the Roman government. Uh, he was a commander. His qualifications were 15 to 20 years of combat experience. He was an emotionally stable commander, mature of character, and most important, demonstrated courage in the battlefield. He was fearless in the face of his enemy. That's what qualified him to be a centurion for the most ruthless army ever to exist, the Roman Empire. But God tells you this morning, could you be such commander for me? Could you stand for what's right for me? They were fearless. But can you be fearless for me? Can you be fearless in the face of battle? Can you be fearless in the face of discouragement, in the face of bad news? Can you be fearlessly in the face of tragedy? Oh man, <laughs> this, I know he's here. Can you be fearlessly in the face of abandonment when people walk out on you? Can you be fearless in the face of disappointment and rejection when doors close on you? Can you be fearless for me? God is asking you the question, can you be fearless in the face of all these obstacles? Fearless doesn't mean that you're not going to cry, that you're not going to feel pain, that you're not going to feel sad. And it just means that if you trust God in the face of fear, in the face of the battle, he will sustain you. That's what that means. Can you be fearless? Look at what verse 10 says. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. His mighty power. You see, if you take a weak man and you give him the uniform of a soldier. You could take a weak man and dress him up with this, the, with this prestigious armor and get him ready for battle. 
But if he's weak, he's going to continue being weak even with that armor on. He's going to continue being weak even with his armor on. He won't be able to stand. He will continue being weak. Before you give a soldier a weapon, right, you got to send him to basic training. Before you send a soldier to, to the battlefield, he has to have a, a specific amount of training on how to use that weapon. He has to have a specific amount of experience before he goes in the battlefield. You, you guys ever seen that show, World's Strongest Men? It's been around for a long time where, where the man just puts this chain around and he just pushes the bus, right? World's Strongest Men. Have you ever seen that show? It's been around for years. You see these men and they walk around and you know they're strong because their physical appearance tells you that they're strong. But that strength doesn't come into display until that strong man actually starts to physically use that strength. I'll give you an example. He looks physically strong. You know he's strong. But you tell him to bend a steel, a, a, a bar of iron. Now he's going to put his physical strength into action. It's there where you see his reserved power come into full action. God tells you this morning, I have res reservoirs of might and power that can be applied to you in your daily walk. I have reservoirs, vast reservoirs of mighty, of my mighty power, unreserved, ready to be displayed at your request. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is who we serve. He says, I have a vast reservoir of power, but it only could be displayed upon your request. You see... Because you and I don't have the capacity and the strength to fight this battle alone. Alone, We ain't that strong. A couple Bible verses that we might know uh, in our... Uh, a couple Bible verses that we might cite here and there doesn't qualify you to be strong. We're not... We don't have the capacity. But God says... With my strength, with my power, with my might, you can be more than a conqueror. That's why he says in verse 10, and he opens it up like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his might and in his power, not your might, not your power, not your strength, not your knowledge. Be strong. God wants you to be a commander, solid. That when the battle comes, you won't move. You won't waver. You won't run out the church. You won't run out to another church. <laughs> the battle is coming. But he wants you to be strong because he's strong. And because he's strong, he says, I want you strong. Because He's strong. He wants your family strong. 
And because he's strong, he wants everything that has to be up, that has to do with you, with your family, with your life, to be strong. Because God is a strong and mighty and powerful God. Be strong in the Lord. Why? Because the battle is here. Verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He says this. First, Put on the full armor. He's not, Paul's not asking us. He, this is a command. This is a command from the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. It's a command for you. Paul is not inviting the believer to enter into a spiritual battle. The battle is already here. If we choose to ignore this battle, you're most likely going to fail in this fight. If we choose to ignore this battle, before we used to make sure that our kids wouldn't, wouldn't uh, turn on the, the, the XXX rated channel. But now the battle is not coming through those channels. It's coming through the Disney channel. The battle is coming through the cartoons. The battle wants to take over our generation. The battle is already here. The, the, the big question is, the big question is, are you engaged in this battle or you're just ignoring it? Because this is what's going to make the difference in your life. Don't ignore it. Look what it says. It's not against flesh and blood which is forgotten today by many Christians. What do you mean, pastor? This is what I mean. When someone does something to harm you or speak about you or against you to destroy your character, God says, this ain't against them. This, not a, this is not against flesh and blood. This is written in the scriptures. I didn't say it. He says, this is not against your brother or, or sister. This is against what's trying to destroy your life. But you see, most Christians spend so much time engaging in a physical battle that when the spiritual battle knocks on their door, they have no strength. They are tapped out. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This is not, this fight is not against your brother, your sister, the pastor, your husband, your wife, your children, your uncle. This is not against them. It's against the principalities that want to destroy your life. But if you engage, listen here, if you engage in this physical battle, because that's what the enemy wants. He looks back and he says, watch these two fight. If we go back to the election time, 
we have believers fighting on Facebook. All over. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. And the enemy's like, I got them. Look at them. They're fighting with each other. When he comes to rage war against your home, you got no strength. Reserve your strength for the battle that really, for the necessary fight. Reserve your strength for the fight that matters. Hallelujah. Paul uses these terms to show us that the kingdom of Satan is well organized. What terms? Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world. Do you guys remember the time where Jesus healed somebody on a Sabbath and the Pharisees came out and they say, who is this? Uh, uh, a, a demon-possessed man, and I'm paraphrasing, a demon-possessed man uh, 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 delivering another uh, demon-possessed man, they accused Jesus of being possessed because he performed a miracle. But Jesus responds to them and says, can a divided kingdom stand? What he was saying is Satan's kingdom is well organized and it has a strategic plan to destroy humanity. It has a strategic plan to destroy our generation. The generation now, the generation that's coming, he's strategic. That's why he will say, he says, uh, uh, he will attack your mind. That's why when the, the flaming darts come, they attack your mind, your emotions. He will, he will tempt you with your weaknesses. He will bring distractions. You, you will start to have matrimony problems. Uh, the children will start to, to have uh, issues. And when he cannot do, uh, have his way with any of that, you start to have health problems. You start to, to, he starts to attack your body. He'll use your employer to attack you at work. He has a strategic plan and he's going to do his best. He wants to give you a fatal blow. You know what? I love preaching from scripture because it's what's going to help us stand on the day of the fight. This is not, this is the scriptures we're talking here. He wants to give you a fatal blow. You know, in, in 2000, 2001, he gave me a fatal blow. I was 19 years old. And it was such a bad blow, physical blow, that Satan gave me that I almost died. I made it to Wyckoff Hospital in Brooklyn. And when I got to the steps of the hospital, I passed out. Because the enemy gave me such a hard blow to try to destroy me. And I never forget being in that hospital bed. And all of a sudden, around six, seven o'clock, when the family leaves and you're all there all alone, have you ever been hospitalized? And you know, everybody leaves and you're just there alone. A small old little lady walked into that room with a Bible in her hand. And she says, I was just strolling, but I felt led to come in here. And I'm there, I'm a 19-year-old kid uh, with scars and wounds. And she says, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah, you could, you could pray. You could pray. She says, God loves you. 
God has a plan for your life. All of a sudden, something in that room just, she didn't come alone. <laughs> she walked in with the king of kings. She was, she was about five foot four. She was four foot nine. Take that back. She walked in and all of a sudden something happened in that room. And she started to pray. And tears just started coming down my face. And she says, do, do you know Jesus? I said, I, I've heard of him. <laughs> I don't know him. But at this point, there's so many tears coming down. She starts to pray. And she says, Jesus has a plan for your life. I walked out that hospital, went back to my old ways. Within the year, that same presence that I felt in that room rescued me from a street corner. And I knew that it was God. Verse, four, verse 13 says, put on the full armor of God. So when the evil day comes, oh, George didn't say this. Paul said it. Paul wrote it. So when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, because the evil day is coming. If, you are, if you're going to ignore this battle, the evil day will do away with you and your home. But if you stand your ground, if you do everything to stand, when that evil day comes, God will stand with you. <laughs> oh, man. When that time comes, he'll stand with you, faithful to the end. But what do you, why you say that? Because God knows that you need resources to be able to stand. He says, you could stand with my might and my power, and you're going to need my might and power to stand. And it's very important you operate with my might and power because what? The evil day is coming and the battle is here. So if you stand with my might and power, when the battle approaches, when the evil day comes, you have these resources available to you. For those taking notes, here are the resources. Verse 14 says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Stand with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take, your stand, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here are your resources. Here they are. Highlight this. Verse 14, highlight truth. Highlight that word, truth. In the same verse, highlight the word righteousness. In verse 15, highlight the gospel. Highlight that word. In verse 16, you're going to highlight the word faith. In verse 17, you're going to highlight the word salvation and the word of God. Those are your resources. 
right there. He has been given, we have been given the resources to be able to stand. There's a truth about this gospel that produces a faith and a righteousness in the believer. There's a truth about this gospel about a man named Jesus who left his divinity, who left heaven and came down and dwelled among, among men. There's a truth about this man named Jesus who left his divine place to dwell among men. There's a truth about this gospel that Jesus is alive and he is well. There's a truth about this gospel that Jesus saves, that Jesus heals, that Jesus restores. Oh my goodness. There's a truth about this gospel. There's a truth about this gospel that he took the cross to Calvary and shed his blood for all of humanity. There's a truth about this gospel that on the third day he resurrected with all power and glory. There's a truth about this gospel that Jesus will return. Oh man. There's a truth about this gospel that he continues to walk with every believer. There's a truth about this gospel that he continues to be with the church. There's a truth about this gospel that he who believes in him will never be lost but will have everlasting life. There's a truth about this gospel. truth is what Paul is saying. These are your resources. Stand on the truth of the gospel. Stand on the truth of who Jesus is. There's a truth about this gospel that has power to deliver, that has power to free the captives. There's a truth about this gospel that cannot be bought or compromised. Oh my goodness, there's a truth about this gospel. Stand on that truth. Stand on his word. Stand on this truth. You know, people stand on many things. They stand on philosophy. They stand on someone else's opinion. They stand on what the enemy wants them at times to believe. But if you stand on this uncompromising truth about our Lord Jesus Christ who died and resurrected, you're going to be okay. So, so when the battle comes, he says, you got the resources. The word of God. The gospel. Which produces what? Salvation for the lost. Which produces what? Restoration. Which produces healing. Which produces miracles. You stand on this gospel and you're going to be fine. But he says, I give you these resources. And guess what? They're for you to stand. 
But what, what happens next? He says, I can't just give you resources for you to stand. I'll give you my word. And my word is not just the resources for you to stand. It's a resource for offense. He says, when you're in battle, you know that the Roman centurions, when they were in the front line of battles, their cohort trusted them because they were ready. And when they saw the battle or, or coming in and coming in closer, the centurion takes his position. And he says, we ready to fight? And the soldiers say, yeah, we ready to fight. And he pulls a dagger six inches from his chest. And it's so mobile. He, he takes his, his skirt, flips it inside his belt buckle, and pulls the dagger. This centurion has mobile, he has his mobile skills to move, to operate, and to attack. That's what made the commander fearless. You see, God is saying, I'm going to give you these resources, but use your word. Use the word of truth. Use this written word, this uncompromising truth, which is the word of God. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass, but his word, oh my goodness, his truth, his truth will remain throughout generations. Uh, heaven and earth shall pass, but if you use the truth of the word of God, you're going to be able to attack back. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, I'll tell you, when the enemy comes to attack your home, uh, what does the word says? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What does the weapon, oh my goodness. When he attacks and he says, when depression comes, what does the word says? In the book of Hebrews, he will never leave us or forsake us. What does the word says? The word says that he is the almighty, the all-powerful. That's the truth. The word is the truth of God. Heaven and earth shall pass, but his word will remain forever. His truth is infallible. It will remain throughout generations. Oh, man. Use your word. God has a plan for your life. Use your word of God. God has a plan for, for your family. God says, I got a plan for you. Use my resources and use my word. You've been attacked physically. You've been attacked with sickness. You've been attacked. Use the word. Because not even the sickness is going to prevail. You see what happens when you stand on this truth. When you stand on this truth, you affirm. You're not, you, you, you can't be moved so easy. When you stand on this truth, when people talk about you, you ain't moving. When the enemy rises like a flood, you're not moving. Because the Bible says, stand firm, do everything to stand, and make sure that at the end of the fight, you're still standing. You can only be strong with the Lord on your side. Theology doesn't make people strong. The books don't make people strong. 
The walls don't make people strong. I told someone recently, I never met a stronger man. I never met someone this strong that can defile the king of kings. That's how David looked at it when he saw Goliath. What have you said about my God, David said? He said, wait a minute. It, who is this giant that defiles the king of kings? There will never be a man that strong. The only strong one. The only one worthy to be exalted. The only one worthy to be lifted up on high. Like the book of Romans says, is Jesus Christ. You can only be strong with the Lord on your side. Understanding that the enemy has an agenda. But God gave you these resources so that you can stand. And then here it is. Here it is. Paul's going to bring this home. Verse 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always praying for the Lord's people. Verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak the words may be given, given, that may be given me so that I will what? Fearless, fearlessly make known the mystery of this gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. I pray that I may declare it, declare it fearlessly as I should. Pause. This is, this is coming home right now. We could get the musicians ready soon. Because this is what's going to happen. God says, you could be strong with my strength, not yours. Because the battle is here. And you can't run from it. But he says, I've given you these resources so that you can stand in the day of fight. In the evil day, you will be able to stand. But then he says, the only way you can keep these resources on is if you tap into that reservoir of prayer. Oh my goodness. He says the only way you will be able to stand and those resources can stay freshly equipped, oh my goodness, is if you're praying to the, to the God Almighty. In other words, he's saying, you can have access to these resources, but if you don't pray, if you don't take time out to talk to God, they will be of no good to you. This morning, God says, I need you to tap in. I need you to tap in, and this is important for you to tap in. Psalms 118 said, you push me violently. <laughs> oh my goodness. He tried to destroy some of you guys here today. He has, he has hit your family with different situations, different circumstances. He has pushed you violently. But you're here today. 
you're still standing. He says, you push me violently that I may fall. But the Lord, but the Lord, but his truth, his righteousness, but the Lord helped me. He helped me. He pushed you violently, but God grabbed you on the fall. Oh my goodness. I know I got some people that have been pushed violently here. But God says, I need you to tap into my presence. Tap into this reservoir of strength. Because my plans are greater for your life. He pushed you violently. People walked out on you. Discouragement came. But Jesus has sustained you. Oh my goodness. He will sustain you. You're not going nowhere. He pushes. The enemy will try to destroy. He's going to try to hit you with what he got. But you're going to be stable. And you're stable because it's his truth that will sustain you. Oh my goodness. You're still, uh, look at what verse 14 says. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he became my salvation. And Paul continues. Verse 19. Pray that I may be able to declare this fearlessly. You know what happens when the enemy has tried to destroy you and God grabbed you on the rebound? You know what happens when you allow forgiveness to settle in and and you can forgive those that have hurt you and, and wronged you? You know what happens to you? You're transformed. And when the enemy comes to violently push you, Jesus will grab you and say, buddy, I ain't going to let you go down. I'm not going to let you go down because my truth is this powerful. It's powerful enough to sustain the violent push. Oh, my goodness. This morning, I come to celebrate. I come to celebrate what God has been doing in in my life. You need to celebrate. He's pushed me violently many times. Many times he thought he had me. But Jesus grabbed me on the way down. God has a purpose for you. And he says, when I grab you, don't forget to proclaim what I've done with you. That's why Paul says, I've been beaten, I've been in shackles, but I'm going to fearlessly proclaim this good news because I am, because what sustains me. You think it was easy for Paul? He was thrown in dungeons. He was shackled. He was uh, shipwrecked. It wasn't easy. But what was sustaining him was the king of kings. The same God that sustained Paul, he's going to sustain you. He's going to bring you through. You know what? Don't don't give the enemy too much power. Let's stand up. Let's stand up to our feet. Don't give the enemy too much power. You need to worship him through the obstacles, through the difficulties. You need to exalt his name. This morning, God says, If you don't know me, I'm available to you. 
If you don't know my great might and power, I'm available to you. I'm available to save you. I'm available to heal you. I'm available to restore you. Do you know who Jesus is? This morning he says, I'm available to you. I'm available to you. Hallelujah. You might be needing strength. This morning God says, I'm the strength you need. I'm the strength you need. I'm all everything you will ever need. If you tap into my reservoir of, of might and strength, you're going to see that you will never need no one else in your life. You're going to see that I'm going to provide everything that you need. You're going to see that everything has been ordained since the foundations of the earth for your life, for your home. This morning, there's an altar call for those that want to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. And then there's another altar call for those that say, I've been battling. Life has given me some violent pushes. But, I, but, but the Lord is here to strengthen you. He says, you're not going to be alone in this. I'm going to strengthen you all the way. The battle is mine, says the Lord. The battle is mine. This morning, as the presence of the Lord moves in this place, we're going to open up the altar. And if you need prayer, I'm here to pray with you. Our pastors are here to pray with you. But don't leave here without receiving new strength. And don't leave here without Jesus Christ. God bless you, church. As the worship team, as the worship team gets ready, this altar is open. And I'll tell you one more thing. I always came up to altar calls because I knew that that was my act of faith towards the king. Don't be scared that people are going to look at you and look at him. That person is weak and look at them going up to the altar call. Let me tell you, I lived in the altar. I've cried tears in this altar. I've cried tears all the way. And I'm not scared to do it today. I'm not scared. I'm not going to be scared to do it tomorrow. I'm not going to be scared to do it with all these titles. I'm going to cry to the Lord. Blessings, church. The altar is open. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you, God. As our pastor George says, the altar is open. Hallelujah. Come. Come and receive that reservoir from the Lord. Hallelujah. Come and prepare yourself. Hallelujah. The battle is here. As the preaching says, the battle is here already. Come, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life. 